David Machoka, uh, thank you for joining me, and we're going to explore what's stopping people getting on on video. So, David, you're the founder and CEO of the world's fastest growing employer branding startup, Video My Job. Explain that. Well, hi, Julian. Nice to see you. Uh, yeah, Video My Job is an enterprise video solution that enables companies to film, edit, and track their branded videos uh, to better help uh, attract talented people to their organization, but also to help them retain their employees as well. Uh, so, you know, we work with incredible brands around the world. Uh, we've, um, we're in 50 countries. We typically work with bigger companies that have over 2,000 employees, but smaller companies use our product as well. Uh, you know, household uh, brands use our product from, uh, you know, LinkedIn globally, uh, their talent team, GlaxoSmithKline, everyone's had Panadol, um, you know, Australia Post more locally, um, in Europe, Siemens, one of one of Europe's biggest consulting companies. So as my perspective will come more from um, you know, organisations and their behaviours and, and how they've gone about adopting uh, video. All right, so let's talk about those organisations. Let's talk about their behaviours because if you're the fastest growing tech startup uh, in the employee in that in that space with employer uh, branding and, and video why aren't you growing faster what what if if there was something that you could go and wave a magic wand what would it be that people would uh, uptake your product faster well yeah i mean that's that's a good question um it comes down to leaders uh, within the organisation and how they're able to introduce uh, the concept that video is um, the directionally where they should be going. Um, so, you know, it comes down to a project plan and, and who's involved in that project for them to really, um, you know, not only get C-suite buy-in, but user adoption as well. So if I was to wave a wand, uh, we would... Um, you really like to work with people who um, who can implement change, uh, behavioural change, and and system changes within organisations. Was what's the resistance? So if you were talking, if you went into uh, a larger organisation, over two thousand people, uh, got with some of their uh, senior C-suite leadership, uh, and start is, is video on the table. At, at the moment. It, abso it absolutely is. Um, what I, I've got some uh, fresh data that I can share with you because um, we, this is the uh, second second year that we've uh, run a state in video in recruitment marketing, and it's the biggest survey in the world. And it's a it's a report that we're going to be releasing in the next few months. Um, when we ran our first report, we had about five hundred people um, from. Um, from 30 or so countries uh, fill up the survey and uh, fast forward today we've got over 700 and we're in uh, and over 40 countries and you know a couple of there's lots of questions it's not just um, why they haven't they're not adopting video but these are a few of the insights so um, of those and I'm just going to read read it here of those uh, using video the top three challenges that they experience time and effort to make a video uh, maintaining consistent video quality and, and producing videos with remote teams and workers. They're the top three. Um, and there are, uh, there's, there's only a, a small amount of reasons as to why they're, they're really not creating those videos. Um, it was a small subset. But 
what was really interesting that came out of the survey as well is that 68% uh, say uh, that they're already using it in their strategy, 32% are not. And of uh, those not doing it, 42% plan to start uh, in the next 12 months. Um, of those not using it or, or um, planning, uh, planning uh, to, to which is, is pretty a small group in the results. And the main reason as to why is that they've already done it. They've had an unsuccessful trial. Um, they've got a lack of skills and experience to really implement that within the team. Um, they don't have the budget to be able to do it. And they really lack the resources to implement uh, more broadly than, than just their small little team. Um, but that was a very small subset. How big a is, of an issue is that is brand compliance when it comes to companies taking up video or oh, user-generated video? <laughs> it's a big one. It's massive. Um, you know, um, having, their, having their brand... Um, yeah, at the end of the day, they've got a billion-dollar brand and, and uh, their people are representing their brand and they want to make sure that they're, um, that the video does represent their billion-dollar brand. So um, yeah, their digital assets are really important to them, uh, but not only that's the quality of the video uh, that they're, they're producing. So, you know, often on LinkedIn, I'm not sure about your feed, Julian, but I see a lot of one-man bands or smaller uh, businesses they're pretty open to holding up their phone and, and just uh, filming. And uh, and some individuals within those small companies do create a lot of content. Whereas the bigger bigger uh, companies, they don't want their, their employees to go rogue. They want to have yeah. some compliance around what they, you know, uh, the quality of the video, because at the end of the day, they're using, um, you know, their brand as a bit of a launch pad to be able to share content. What's the difference between uh, an employee being on the phone, uh, whether it's in sales or whether it's in marketing or whether it's in, in recruitment, uh, and not having uh, like a you know brand compliance officer, you know, you know leaning over their shoulders to video using video? Sure. So I think it's a bit of an evolution that's occurring. So when you think back 20 years ago, when people were moving job ads onto uh, away from newspapers to online, uh, people were quite companies were quite worried about that, um, and it took a real skill to be able to communicate um, online a, a job ad. Uh, so fast forward to today, and, and it's not too dissimilar to how people are, are, you know, a little bit worried. They're happy to advertise a job ad, and they give their employees the freedom to be able to do that. Um, but you know, the reluctance is is video is a little bit um, bigger, a little bit bigger, and they're exposed a little bit more. So you know, it it takes a couple of goes for them to build trust, um, but we advocate for them to partner early and often with marketing. Um, so that they're able to build that trust and they're able to get on with uh, communicating you know, important moments that they believe can uh, supersede their text-based content. We know the market out, well, I don't say we, I know the market out there is, uh, is, is hungry for authentic video and authenticity. And we know this just in our, in our personal lives if we're scrolling on, on a feed um, and you know, we're looking at videos, you know, we... we, we uh, relate to those more authentic videos uh, and they engage us, they entertain us uh, and at times that they fulfill us as well. 
So when it comes to then framing that or putting a package, a corporate package around that, uh, what, uh, how do you get that message across to leadership that the that uh, authenticity does matter, uh, but maybe we've just got to think about the wrapper around it? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough one because some companies allow the freedom for people to uh, have pretty unstructured environments um, to be able to, to be creative and, and be able to express themselves. And then the other companies you know, really want that insurance that, um, that no videos are going to be distributed externally uh, without approval. Yeah. Um, so um, we as a business try to accommodate uh, both. But what I would say it sort of gets back to, um, to building out that strategy and empowering uh, in employees to I think be creative initially before they go from zero to a thousand um, you know, don't publish any videos in the first few months just train build uh, internal capability and video adoption and that trust with your marketing teams that the videos are high quality and you know there's different things that you can get them to do by you know reading out a script or getting them to answer questions um, but just making it fun um, you know, and, and getting them to be quite creative. One of our, our uh, main, one of, one of our top customers in Europe, the House of HR, they're a uh, 2 billion euro business. They've got a thousand recruiters. Um, you know, they, uh, they ran a competition, um, you know, a, a Logies event effectively. This, and they called it, this is not a Steven Spielberg uh, a video. And, uh, and they, they, they started off small um, and, and they just built that video adoption internally but gave people the flexibility and freedom to be able to express themselves and at the same time build trust with the business. And I think it's really important to capture ROI initially as well. Um, it does go beyond, you know, views and, uh, and, and, and minutes just watched. Um, you know, if you can get that sentiment from the person who is actually watching the video, um, you know, and, and be able to get feedback from them, I think that really helps uh, companies make that decision that, you know, this is something they should be taking seriously because it improves the candidate experience, uh, builds trust. I think they're, they're really they're two important things that all companies are trying to, to continue to improve. What it all sounds like is it's all just change. It's change management, isn't it? And in any change, people just want to know that they're safe, that, you know, when they move from, you know, there to the future, that they're going to be okay when they get there. I think people do, and the brands need that as well. They yeah. need to know that um, that that uh, their brand is safe. Um, and their brand is, the, like we mentioned, their people and um and uh, and what's around them as well, you know, what's in the background, you know, um, the quality of the video, it's all really important. What have you learned, if anything, from your initial version of your software that you put out, uh, how people interacted with that, what their resistance was, uh, what their behaviour was? Have you changed your software to accommodate for that? Oh, our product's always evolving. Um, you know, when we started the company, um, you know, it was it was very different to what it is today. Um, 
Yeah. But what I would say in light of uh, what, what's happened in, uh, globally with COVID and the world's just moved to video, um, you know, the silver lining for anyone who advocates for video is that um, there's a noticeably noticeable difference um, and a big step that's that's gone forward a giant one in light of covid because people are creating more videos they're more comfortable with themselves they are today than than pre-covid because you know video is um an important requirement uh to to communicate effectively so um you know we we are less about uh, where we we hear less from our customers that they feel uncomfortable on video um, they don't like the way they look and sound and we think we can't put it down to anything we just think it's because they're just um, on video more often um, because it's in light of COVID. yeah i mean zoom has certainly helped with that what do you think do you think that a uh, professional is at a disadvantage if they are not learning basic video skills uh, i think i think do I think they're at a disadvantage? I think it depends in what sector you're in. I think if you're in sales, um, I, th I think it's in important. Uh, it's an important skill to be able to, and, and it could be a really useful tool um, to outreach to, to people, to communicate via video than just sending an email. It, it's quicker. I'm assuming it would be quicker as well. So I, I do feel like in, in a skill set like sales, that, that it would be pretty important. It's obviously a lay down mazir for marketing, but whether or not they're the ones who are on video, it's more around um, amplifying their brand and having a video strategy. And then we're trying to work on the muscle with, uh, with talent teams. We think it's really important for them as well to have that skill set and capability internally to be able to communicate important messages as people are moving through that the candidate journey. See, I would have thought that personal video messaging, much like we're we're doing now, is um, more useful for sales teams uh, ahead of of marketing because sales are actually at the stage now. I'm not talking just for initial cold prospecting, but once they they've made that connection, then this is brilliant because it just brings that face to face connection earlier into the sales cycle. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, sales is important. Um, and just as you were talking, I was thinking learning and development as well. Yeah. Um, you know, a, you know, a habit that I have is I go to YouTube to learn how to do things and, and I watch a video. Um, and, and I think that's, um, I think that's quite important. So, you know, there's lots of um, areas within business that can really benefit from the use of, of um, moving their text content uh, to, to video. Yeah. So we're using smartphones now. We're a smartphone culture. Uh, where do you see the technology going uh, as in, because, you know, we talk about wearables and um, uh, AR, augmented reality. Uh, is that in, in, in your planning in the future? I think we'll continue to. Um, so aspirationally, um, we, we don't think that, we think natural language processing and AI has its place. We haven't figured it out yet. We're not sure uh, where, where it does fit and, and how important it is to be able to communicate that type of information to, to customers. 
Um, however, we do think that um, you know, there are insights that we can capture to be able to share that um, that are really important um, and and really important for businesses to prove out ROI. So you know, we're we're double downing on on how we're sharing insights so that they, the companies can progress forward and continue to, to expand their video adoption in, in organizations. Um, what An observation that I do have is just more broadly is I feel like um, social platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, even TikTok, they're really crowded spaces for companies to be communicating their messages. I think they're expensive as well. TikTok are looking at how they can monetize this, their, their platform. But certainly LinkedIn and Facebook, they're a real powerhouse of, um, in terms of advertising and it's expensive. Um, and, you know, I don't know about you, Julian, I know you, you post uh, quite a bit of content on LinkedIn, um, but after 24 hours or 48 hours, you know, often fall off a cliff in terms of likes and comments and then that sugar hit again to be able to have to create new content and distribute that content. I think that, I think that gets quite tired. Um, I think people get tired of doing that and that sort of grates on them a little bit and, and I think there'll be a new, a new evolution of, of, um, of something that just lasts a little bit longer than uh, the sugar hit that, that most content producers are distributing their content uh, on. Oh. And, and when, I, when I think about um, that, I think it's a real problem. I think it's a global problem um, that, that content creators have. So, Yeah, I, I also think it's we're being sold a, a lie because it's unsustainable. I mean, it's this whole idea that we're told that everyone, you need to be out there creating content, you need to be posting, you need to be creating your brand. That just doesn't make sense if you're saying that to X billion number of people because each of us has only got, you know, a filter that, you know, we can only focus on, you know, a very small amount of those. So it just seems like, you know, that message is, uh, you know, obviously suits larger platforms, uh, you know, to get that content on there that benefits them. Uh, I think the way it's going is that, you know, I like to use the term that we're going into, instead of going for likes, make content for leads. So it's always, you know, leads over likes. And it's all about micro-niching as, as well. It's just about finding a smaller number of people. And I also like saying that a service mindset is the new sexy on, on video. If you go on and you're just going, I'm just interested in a smaller number of people and I'm just interested in helping them and that's why I've turned up on video. I've turned up on video actually to be able to start a conversation and listen to you. I might have a solution with a product or service for you, but if I don't, I might be able to point you in somewhere in some other direction. And I just see that that's the way it's going because that's sustainable. Uh, the other option of you know just lots of content that's glossy uh, and it's hollow is that we're all tired of feeling manipulated by all these hollow promises. Now, that's probably a little bit uh, Pollyanna-ish and a bit ideological, but uh, that's the way I see it's going. Yeah, you started off by saying that um, video should be attributed to leads, and and I agree. But I do feel like it's um, it takes longer to generate leads, as you know. Video provokes 
Um, it builds trust that provokes action, but action might not be taken within the first video that they see. Just because I watch a, uh, an ad for Coca-Cola doesn't mean I'm going to go out and buy one uh, in the next five minutes or in the next day, but it builds trust. And, and, um, and, and so video definitely has its place. Um, Video has its place. It's really important to to and and just all content in general. I think is really important to be able to build that trust. Do you see video being used badly anyway? Uh, I think at the start, um, it's a muscle. It takes a little while to be able to build it up. Um, do I see video um, being? I see lots of content on on uh, LinkedIn that our customers just wouldn't be able to to um, get over the line and distribute that content. Um, so is that considered to be bad content? It probably is because it wouldn't meet their branding requirements. Um, and it's more around the quality control of, of what it actually looks like or what's been said. Um, that I probably yeah. see most of the bad okay. content on LinkedIn. Okay, I'll tell you what I think about is how video can be used badly, and that is in sales outreach, because there's this, you know, idea that now that, you know, it's uh, like personal video messages will um, uh, get better open rates and click-through rates. Uh, and that's true, I think, right at the very, very start until everyone goes, well, what I'm going to do is just make a big batch of outreach videos. And the problem with video, unlike text, one of the problems with videos is you've got to invest time in video. So an email or text, you can quickly scan. I mean, we're talking a second and a half. You can go, nope, gone. But video, you've got to open it and you've got to invest maybe five or 10 seconds. So I reckon um, video and sales outreach has real potential to piss people off big time and for it to, to to hit a ceiling very, very early. So that's what I was suggesting when I was saying, yeah, is there any way no worries, I understand. video used yep. in incorrectly? <laughs> yeah, oh, I gotcha. So um, I'll tell you where I see uh, video being used correctly, which has a direct impact on it being not. So if you are creating an outreach video and talent teams do create outreach videos because they want a talent pool, they want to be able to um, get someone uh, in their database, maybe not for the role that they're recruiting for, but something in the future uh, as well. And they want to start those connections. So they'll see someone on LinkedIn and they'll outreach to that particular person. Now, if you create a video that is generic, um, you're less likely to get a reply. But if it's a personalised message, there's something in that message um, that is personal to that individual that you've shown that you've taken the time to read through that profile, that's an outstanding video. And that, those videos do move the needle. We, we have data showing that um, the open rate and watch rate is a lot higher than um, comparing that to text. Um, and I'd say that is a good video. So um, I can only imagine if you've got a, if you're outreaching and you're making it wide and you're casting the net out um, to to try attract uh, many many people, then then that's not necessarily going to work. So an example of video used well. I don't want to blow my own trumpet here, but it's it's very effective. So if on LinkedIn. Uh, if there's a LinkedIn connection, I never use video in LinkedIn outreach, but if a connection comes through and someone is connecting uh, to me 
and it's someone that I want to build the relationship. I use simple software, just like we're doing here, where I have me on one side, yeah. but I'll put their LinkedIn um, profile in the other side of the screen and do a record and just go, hey, look, I just come onto LinkedIn. Uh, there's a connection request here. I'm going to do it live for you here now. So here we go. And I click yeah. the button and they see it on the screen. And I go, there you go. We're LinkedIn buddies. How, how good is that? Brilliant platform, this. Yeah. Have a nice oh, day. And I get I so much more. good feedback from that. So you should. I mean, there's there's an investment you've made in creating that video and, and made it personal. And if I receive a video like that, I, I watch it and I do respond. I feel compelled to respond. Um, and I think so would uh, so do candidates. And that's why uh, the data shows open rates and, uh, and, and view time in total and reply rates being much higher. Yeah. Uh, generally, I find is that if I'm advising other people about how to use video, I just said the simple thing is, is it think about how you would be a decent, respectful, nice person in the real world and do the same on video. And it works an absolute treat. You don't have to overthink yeah. this too much. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is um, workflow management. There's a time that you do that and it's a habit that you form. And when you're starting off, you don't have all those things in place, but you need to bed that process down. And uh, as, as someone who's wanting to lead change and share uh, the results, um, because you know, the more you can share the results, the more people will, will be interested to, uh, to give it a go. Um, we always say start off small. You just start off really small. Don't go... Uh, crazy by inviting everyone, telling everyone how wonderful it is. Just start off with a really small group of people um, and and uh, try change their habits uh, by going slow, but capturing the data and sharing that back to the business. And then more and more people will, will come back, come into the fold. And before you know it, you'll go from two to five to 15 to 20 and change is really happening. Just one more question, David. Uh, because you are collecting data, uh, have you noticed uh, an uptake in video via age demographic at all or resistance to video with different age groups? We haven't really. Um, we haven't. We've seen an increase in use cases um, that live outside of a job ad, which is really interesting, like internal communications, uh, onboarding, um, learning and development, like all those use cases have, have um, really increased. Employee stories is a really big one. Um, we've seen more use cases than, than um, you know, a, a sort of an age demographic. Right. So, David, if people want to connect with you, where can they do that? Uh, well, via LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I feel like I'm on there. Um, I'm one of LinkedIn's biggest advocates. LinkedIn are a customer of video my job. So you can find me on LinkedIn and uh, that is by far the best place to reach out to me. Hey, thanks for talking. I've enjoyed the, the discussion. Thanks, Julian.